Good morning and welcome to Fridays. Wake up to the word. It is Friday, July 21st. Oh, I gotta wake up here. This is Friday morning and uh, I got something in my eye. I don't know what's going on. All right. So I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, that episode yesterday from uh, Deuteronomy. There was uh, lots going on. And I did stop at, um, <clears throat> you hear morning in my voice. I did stop at uh, Joshua chapter 1. And I'll uh, recap more of that uh, next week on Thursday. And we'll do a little catch up in Joshua. So uh, we hope you enjoyed that. Uh, we are uh, coming to you. Deep from the bowels of the Boxdale Communication Complex. And we are so glad that you are here with us. We got this uh, New Testament stuff. And don't forget to uh, go to wakeuptotheword.org. You can uh, get a Bible reading plan there. You can. Uh, we are now connected to lifecoast.org, the website, the church website. And you can uh, get to Wake Up to the Word from there. And uh, as I said, we're still uploading episodes onto YouTube, so I'll let you know when we catch up. But we're in the up to 30 episodes um, uploaded there. And uh, this is episode 58. So we are flying. We're almost up to 60 episodes. We do technically, we have, this is technically our 60th episode because we have an introduction and a bonus. So. Episode 58 is technically our 60th episode, and uh, we are so glad you've been along for the journey. <clears throat> but I got to tell you, a long time ago, I asked, what do you think the most popular episode is? And it is still the most popular episode. Um, and it is really the episode, uh, I, I believe it's episode two, which is The Fall of Man. More people listen to that episode than any other episode that's there. Uh, I found that interesting, that that is the one, um, followed by the uh, the introduction and, uh, and the bonus episode, but uh, everything else is right under there, clumped together. And um, But that one uh, juts out ahead, and uh, people seem to want to know about the fall of man. And that's so interesting to me that that is our number one episode, listened to and watched episode. And as we said, we are being watched as of last night uh, when I checked in seven countries. Those seven, I got to sneeze, sneeze. Oh my goodness. I sneeze. Uh, seven countries are the U.S., obviously, Canada, Mexico, Australia. United Kingdom, Papua New Guinea, and Malaysia. So if you are in one of those countries, drop us a line. We're so excited that you're here joining us. And this morning, we are going to get into the New Testament, Matthew chapter, excuse me, Mark chapter 10, and Luke 18. My goodness, my nose is already starting. So, a lot of this is rerun from the last two weeks that we've done. So there's a lot of overlapping or complementary, is a better way to put it, complementary stories from the life of Jesus that are the same as the last couple of weeks. Some unique things. Um, right away, teaching on divorce. And uh, we've had that two weeks now it's come up. 
in the in the, the reading on Fridays. And so I'm not going to go into the divorce part of it here, but I am going to talk about the quoting from the from Genesis that Jesus does. And that's all the way down at 10. Uh, I'm going to start at 8. Uh, 10 verse 8, it says, uh, excuse me, 10 verse 6, it says, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. The key part of this is, and obviously within our culture, there is a big uh, push on society, a big push on humanity, that there are more than two genders, two sexes. And Jesus is telling us right here, as it was from the beginning, from the beginning, God made them male and female. I don't care. Um, I am not uh, angry. I'm not upset, I'm not uh, hateful, but I am sure that there are only two genders. That's it. There's only two, male and female. And we can have this discussion, and I'm happy to talk about it, I, I, but the, the biologically... Um, culturally, in humanity, in religion, scriptures, biology books, it doesn't matter what part you take at this, there are only two genders, and it logically, it makes sense. So, now, this is not even taking... Uh, the trans thing into account or the, the gay uh, agenda into account. We can have that conversation also, but this is saying there are more than one, more than two genders, and that is just ludicrous. Uh, you can call yourself, you know, a spaghetti dinner. Uh, that's not your that's not your gender. You can call yourself, you know, cake, and I have heard someone say that's their gender. Um, but that's not your gender. It just isn't. And, and, you know, you can say you're a boy, you, you can say you're a boy if you're a girl, and you can say you're a girl if you're a boy, but it does not change the biological fact that you are the gender that you came with, that you, you, you entered the world with. That's your gender. And, and uh, you know, you don't have to be happy about it. You don't have to, uh, but the truth of the matter is, that's your gender. You can be who you want to be within the body God gave you, <clears throat> but that's not your gender. You can live out a lie, but that's not the truth. And so you can change all the parts you want. You can, you can lop off, you add on, you do whatever you want to do. It doesn't change the biological fundamental fact that that's your gender. And, uh, I don't hate you. I don't, I don't, you wish you harm, um, but I also don't want you to be harmed. And uh, I, I hope that you understand how much God loves you. And I know you're in turmoil. And I know that 
some of these instances, you're having difficulty in life. Um, but, but don't take these drastic measures that are going to harm you, harm those around you. Please, just seek out truth and, and, and be who God created you to be. And I know some of you say, this is who I feel like I am. God created me to be this. I, I don't know about the turmoil within you. All I know is that if God created you to be a, a woman, you're a woman. If God created you to be a man, you're a man. The emotions and the feelings that you have around that, I, I know we all have confusion. I was young once too. You have confusion when you go through puberty, when you go through uh, changes in your body. There's confusion that happens with that. Your mind hasn't caught up with your hormones and your hormones haven't caught up with your body structure and and there's all kinds of confusion. And we as adults in the room are supposed to care for you through that process and help you keep looking towards the truth of who you are against the truth of who you you will be when you get through that process, that puberty process. And, and man, we love you and we don't want to see harm come to you. We want you to find Christ in that. We want you to find the truth of God and walk towards that. Let the other things sort themselves out as you grow. The next very part of this is another repeat is, is let the let the children come to me. And that's I'm going to connect these two because people are uh, are creating this confusion in children through the gender question and and that is a shame that to me in my mind that's child abuse um let children grow up let children be children uh, don't don't confuse their mind don't change them don't let them grow up and and tell them what the truth is about their body which is that whatever they are boy or girl this is what you are. This is how you grew up. This is this is how you created. This is how you were born. And if you continue to feel that way as an adult, you can do things as an adult. But as a parent, we want to tell you the truth. And the truth of the matter is, this is what you were born. You were born a boy or a girl. And that's and that's what it is. And I'm and I'm I'm sorry to be so blunt, and I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. Uh, what I'm trying to do is 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 keep people away from, uh, point people to Jesus rather than all this confusion. Confusion comes from the enemy. And when we have gender confusion and identity confusion and all of these other confusions that are going on, that points directly. The light bulb should go on and say the enemy is causing the issues here. And, and and if you happen to be walking with somebody who's in this confusion, I'm not saying be angry at them. I'm not saying yell at them. I'm saying lovingly point out the truth. Here's scripture right here. Mark chapter 10, verses 6 through 8. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Okay, that that's... Jesus is saying this. If they believe in God, if they believe that Jesus is Christ, then why don't they believe his words? This is quoted from Genesis. So from the very beginning, Genesis chapter 2, he created them male and female. <clears throat> Actually, Genesis chapter 1, repeated in Genesis chapter 2 in the marriage. So 
And then Jesus repeats this. Jesus knows he was there. He was the creator. So, and, and maybe you're talking with someone who has no belief in God whatsoever. We'll address that in a minute because talks about that here. So, um, the next couple of parts are also repeats. The rich young man and Jesus foretells his death, third time. And uh, the request of James and John we covered last week with his mother. And Jesus heals blind Bartimaeus, which is uh, similar to the two men being healed. Um, <clears throat> and um, Jesus just asked that question. And I love that Jesus asked this. This is a consistent thing when Jesus heals that you see in Scripture. He asked the question in uh, 1051. He says, what do you want me to do for you? And he, Bartimaeus says, I will. I want to see. And Jesus says, your faith has healed you. You know, sometimes people come to, to Jesus and they think they want something, but they truly don't. Uh, they want they want one thing, but they ask for another. And so Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And, and I love that question in that um, even at Life Coast, when we, our church, and when I interact with people, um, when I pray for them, uh, I asked them, how do you want me to pray for you? How can I pray for you? What can I pray for in your life? And so uh, they have to speak it out loud. They got to say it. And, and, and not, not, because, not because there's magic in the speaking it out, but they, they have to articulate and formulate the sentence in exactly what they want and how they want, and they get to hear it also. They get to speak the words, and then when someone prays over them, when God responds to that prayer, they've heard the request, they've heard the prayer, and they see the answer. It's 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 a proof of God. Um, the next is the parable of the persistent widow, and I'm going to connect this with our last conversation that we just had. And uh, th- this is probably going to be a short, uh, short. Uh, episode right i say that now um parable of the persistent widow uh this is in uh, luke 18 and he told them a parable uh, to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart he said in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared god nor respected man we have a lot of officials uh within our country within our nation that do not fear God and do not respect man. It's it's just very, very obvious. Now, do I think this parable is talking directly about that? No. I think the parable is using that as an example to show us about our relationship with God. Okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. Because that's what the parable says. But I'm going to read through the parable and uh, just um, take what the parable is talking to spiritually, but also going to add something, um, suggestion to it. Um, Judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversaries. For a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, he was aware of it, 
<clears throat> Yet, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? He asked the question. <clears throat> so, a couple of things. First of all, this is spiritual. The, the, it's a parable. So, uh, the woman keeps going to the judge. And the, uh, he's equating it to those who keep coming to God, keep pressing, keep coming after God for justice, for mercy, for hope. Okay. Now, we, un we see that he spells that out, and God will give justice. He says, you be persistent, keep praying, keep asking, keep going after, keep coming after God, keep seeking God for your answer. Now, some people say, well, I prayed for a year, and or I prayed for 10 years. The thing is, you don't understand what God's keeping is. God's eternal. So this, uh, this constant coming to him may be much longer than you think it is. And I say, don't despair. Keep coming after God. That being said, I'm going to equate, he's going to, Jesus uses this human behavior, which I believe exists to this day. And that is this judge does not want to continually be harassed. And he does not want to look bad in the sight of his own circles. And so, he says he's going to relent to this woman and give her justice so he doesn't have to keep hearing from her, so he can move on from this. I think our leaders, political leaders, are exactly the same. So I'm going to take the lesson out of the parable, uh, out of the human nature of the parable, aside from the spiritual value, which we've already discussed is, is absolutely the point of the parable, but I see this human nature there. And so these things that he talks about here are, 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 I think, also a lesson for us in that we need to be consistent in speaking the truth. Consistent. Keep being consistent and have justice for people who are, who are being uh, treated badly. Um, whether it's us, whether it's somebody else, she was doing it for somebody somebody else. But for instance, again, the Let the Little Children Come to Me. Um, if you've seen this movie recently, The Sound of Freedom uh, has a Christian bent to it, but not necessarily a Christian film. But there's a truth of the 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 how unjust and how uh, these children are being uh, just. Uh, taken for uh, sex trafficking and there needs to be justice here and we need to be the loud voice we need to be the loud voice of truth in this and uh so we need to speak to that and we need to be consistent and we need to not let the issue go and we need to when opportunity comes we need to speak the truth in love always never anger never rage just being truthful children being abused, get your dander up. I get it. 
but people aren't going to listen to you when you do it angrily. And that's why I love this movie, because it's just a presentation of the facts through uh, a me- the media of movie, of, a, of telling a story. They're telling the story of this actual story. And, and you know, uh, when you put it in a movie, there's always, you know, something that might be slightly different, but the the very foundation and premise of it is all true. And so um, tell the story, point people to it. It didn't become the number one movie around because people aren't interested. People are interested. It just seems to me that the, the, the people in power are not interested. That's curious. Why is that? This isn't a political podcast, but this is what's right and what's wrong. What do we touch in scripture here? Let the little children come to me. He repeats it in all four Gospels. It must be important. So we must think it's important, okay? <clears throat> the story of the Pharisees and the tax collectors is actually in between this story of the judge and the little children here in Luke. And uh, this is the people who pray, think themselves very holy. Um, but the tax collector, and this is a great prayer. I love his prayer standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven in the temple. <clears throat> and he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy to me, a sinner. And Jesus, as I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, the one who was like, I'm glad I'm not like him. Thank you for making me better than him. Thank you for making uh, that I don't uh, extort people unjustly and uh, have adulterers and thank you I'm not like any of those people that's not a prayer a prayer is I am a sinful man I am a sinful woman I am a sinful person and thank you Lord for loving me thank you for having mercy on me I I, I, I don't deserve your love and your care and your mercy uh, bless uh, I ask I just thank you for for who you are please continue have mercy on me it's all about you it's not about me and and that's where justification comes from so <clears throat> the rich young ruler we've talked about this one before <clears throat> this one was been, has been uh, the third time as well jesus foretelling his death that one we did two two weeks in a row now <clears throat> jesus heals a blind beggar we we've, we've talked about this as well this is a, again a repeat story so we are going to end right there little short 23 minutes you guys are good with that right that's right <clears throat> arnold says we'll be back and we will love you guys keep listening share it with a friend chewbacca says yeah good episode okay we love you have a great weekend maybe we'll see you at life coast church sunday morning matanzas high school auditorium 10 30 Love to see you there. We have a special guest speaker this Sunday, so come and join us.